0: Hello and welcome to the Liminal Gallery podcast with me, the founder and director of Liminal, Louise Fitzjohn. I'm very excited that my guest today is also the debut artist in my new Margate Gallery, The first solo exhibition at Liminal Gallery's new home will be with Damien Ciafelli, a multidisciplinary artist from Edinburgh, now based in London. Damien Ciafelli's work explores a fictitious land named Taragrama, a civilization which in parts is comfortingly familiar, yet wildly bizarre in their peculiarities. Referencing the scale and compositions of history paintings and historical sculpture, he has built a detailed culture with its own aesthetic, way of living and understanding of the world. The canvases feature tight, flat realism combined with a daringly bold palette, a master of light and shadow, Cefeli toys with the physicality of the painterly surface. Teregramma citizens are captured, lounging as if in a Vice photo shoot, effervescently cool and aloof yet the precision of their recreation is akin to that of a scientist examining under a microscope. Every inch is considered and developed, which only serves to remind us of the artist's intricate eye, which probes every minuscule morsel. Cefeli approaches his work as an archeologist, piecing together recounts, relics, and memorabilia to present an overall sense of the mythical world, which could be an afterlife, an alien civilization, a parallel world disrupted by the flutter of a butterfly's wing, a dream, or completely fictitious. Damien Ciafelli's recent solo exhibitions include Hidden Door Festival in Edinburgh, Wolf and Badger at Nettle House, London, Dundas Street Gallery, and the Italian Cultural Institute, Edinburgh. He has been selected for awards, including the Saatchi Art Rising Star in 2022, Dazed and Gap New Generation Award in 2020, and of course, Damien's solo exhibition with Liminal Gallery has just opened at a new permanent gallery space in Margate and continues until the 30th of October by appointment. Entitled Terra the exhibition features a new body of work further exploring the elusive civilization, its residents, and their rituals, society, culture, and nuances. Damien, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Pleasure. Um, so my first question is, where did the concept of Tarot first come from?
1: To be honest, I can't remember the actual moment I came up with it, but it's something I've always been interested in, this idea of storytelling and like building a world. Um, and at the same time, I've always loved traveling and sort of experiencing different cultures. And I, I, th- I guess like sort of a combination of those two things of mm. exploring somewhere, whether it's through, you know, either reading stories about places or actually experiencing them in person. And I think, you know, tarot is probably like a, a way for me to explore somewhere. Mm. but I've actually created myself so I think I'm exploring the place as much as the viewer is exploring the place because I kind of I want to know more about it mm. Luckily, I can make it but um I think it's just something I've always liked this sort of like idea of having a really distinct culture of having layers to things and different elements that all kind of combine into maybe one big piece of artwork but it's composed of like lots of smaller pieces and um, like I, I I write as well and I I think I had this idea for a book ages ago where I was like oh I, c- I could write this book about this fictional place like uh, people searching for somewhere like Atlantis or El Dorado mm. but it never really came together and then I, th- I just sort of thought well actually that's something you can explore it doesn't have to be in writing
0: yeah
1: you can use a different medium you can use art actually and i thought well why don't i just make it instead of writing about it and that's basically what i've just been doing ever since is making this place that i <laughs> imagined and yes yeah, it's, it's it's fun mm. i really really enjoy it yeah
0: With Terrogrammar, like, do you have a map in mind? Do you, have you kind of decided where everything is and you're kind of slowly uncovering it, almost like a script? Do you have like a script, you know, the beginning and the end, or are you kind of working as you have inspiration?
1: I think it's sort of like somewhere in the middle. Mm. I think I do have like this sort of image in my head of the sort of, kind of like a literal map actually like of what it looks like
0: yeah
1: um and yeah there's certain elements where I'm like oh that's a that's a interesting angle like I want to do a bit more exploring that section of it or that section of it but at the same time I do just then get an idea and then I'll be like right I'll do that instead Mm. uh so it's kind of like I do get like bits of inspiration where I think oh that would be really interesting even though i planned to do something else right then I'll just on this other tangent but yeah i mean i have tons of sketches and like lists of things to do and you know it won't it'll, it won't all get done but mm. this kind of feels like there's sort of like an unlimited amount of things i can do so basically i just pick whatever one is interested in me most at that moment right. and i'll just do it because i think that's how you end up with the best
0: work. yeah And in your mind, is Terragramma, is it like a world, like, you know, Earth? Or is it a city? Is it a country?
1: Well, I think what I quite like is that, so I have all these ideas in my head Mm. of what it is, but I don't really necessarily want to explain it too much, (laughs) in a way. Because I think it's nice to be able to just figure that out for yourself. So I think... Is is, it's a place and it could be you know like an Atlantis or Eldra it could be here somewhere that we just haven't discovered and it's developed by itself it could be you know someone's just totally made it up it could be the afterlife you know people dying and imagining this place it could be I think I like the idea that it's not No one's decided for sure what it is. So that's up to you to decide what you think it is. You see it. Uh, You know, I have so many ideas. I just, but then I'm I'm sort of wary of over being like, this means this, this means this, this bit means this bit. You know, so I like to give some context, but then, you know, leave it a little bit up to the viewer to put their own interpretation onto it.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's what makes the most interesting artwork. Anyway, you don't want to over-explain anything. Mm. Um, yeah, people have to put their own meaning onto things, and and also it's that that sense of not being too uh, controlling over your artwork once you put it out into the world. It's kind of belongs to someone else, doesn't it? So, yeah, I understand that. Um, so the citizens of Taragrama seem quite aloof and at times stern, boldly staring out to the viewer. Why are they captured in this way?
1: I think, you know, if, if I have this idea of, of the viewer being sort of um, an anthropologist or an explorer or something, discovering this world, mm. I think, you know, you're not, as a viewer, you're not part of this world. This is a world that you're encountering. And, you know, perhaps these citizens have uh, weariness like there's a certain distance between you and them that's why they're looking directly at you Mm. and I kind of like the idea of like creating this feeling that you're like maybe stumbling into something Mm. and you know and I guess the question like are you even even welcome here yeah and maybe are and maybe aren't it maybe it depends on what image you're looking at but I think yeah the idea that they're looking directly at you a lot of them is sort of this thing of you're an outsider in this world there's a different world Mm. it creates a little bit of that that distance between you know this isn't this isn't our world this is something different to what to what we experience this isn't a recognizable scene necessarily Mm. I'm on the outside of this and they're they're watching me they're looking at me
0: yeah yeah it's a bit like when you see kind of wildlife you know they kind of stare at you and they think are you a threat (laughs) do I need to run like you know or um do I need to run at you or you know there's that kind of sense of they're almost weighing you up
1: yeah and I think it's almost like you can you know go in a room of these paintings and you're like oh these people are different Mm. to me but also you know if you were in a room with these people you're different to them
0: yeah
1: so as much as you're looking at them they'd definitely be looking at you as well.
0: Mm. There is one piece of yours um, that is a little bit different and it's um, a person putting on lipstick and it's yeah. almost as if they're looking into a mirror applying lipstick and you're kind of intruding in this moment where they're kind of getting ready to go out and um, and that one's quite a different one to all your others in that sense. You, yeah. It's almost like you're spying on them from behind this mirror.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's almost, I think as if you, you almost are them. I think in yeah. that one, you're just looking in a mirror, seeing the reflection of this person. Yeah. You, in, in, in a way, you know, looking at that, the only thing you could be is the person in the mm-hmm. painting. Yeah. But I think that was one where I, decided I thought it would be interesting to just take this jump from being like distant with these figures all the way to actually pretty much being mm. one of these people and seeing sort of far more on the inside than being an outsider
0: yeah
1: just sort of to see what kind of different reaction that would have and I think a lot of people have kind of didn't even know if people would notice to mm. be honest but most people really have and it's interesting to see how people connect slightly differently to that one than to the other ones. Yeah. The feeling of looking at it is slightly different to being this sort of outsider, to actually being a real insider on on the other one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, which is an interesting thing to sort of, I don't know, be able to do in painting. Yeah,
0: definitely. I find your work particularly interesting as the references you use are so familiar. It's a really exciting way to uncover your own concept piece by piece and displaying them as an ongoing discovery. Like an archeologist, you uncover dusty remnants and piece them together to create a wider view of a lost civilization. It's akin to that which you would see in a historical museum. You must have been really into museums growing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, certain elements of. Mm. And I think, you know, I mean, the, the, um, the National Museum in Edinburgh had used to have this big section on ancient Egypt. And when I was small, I always really liked going there. And it was like a dark sort of corner of the museum. But I just always loved this idea that like, it seemed like this one thing, like this sort of quite visually sort of cohesive despite the fact that you know what thousand years of history you know they span this huge at the time they see, it seems like this real sort of visually cohesive thing with the iconography and you know colors and the clothing and these things and i i, I don't know like at the time I, don't, I had no idea why but it always just sort of drew me in this idea because i think you can it sort of fires your imagination you can feel the place Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think you know that probably was one of the things that made me want to travel when I got older and then traveling you experience these real cultures like in you know in in real time in modern contemporary culture and and uh, I think traveling quite widely you, you know you see the real differences in culture and you know in the same way that you know we're all human beings we're all the same but our but we really identify with our own imagery and you know if you if you imagine Mexico or you imagine Norway they're very different images in your head Mm. in terms of their visual culture and it's it's sort of like integral to a lot of people's lives you know like You go to these places, the clothing, the artwork, the architecture, like even the food, it's like you have these, and they can be ancient, you know, and been going on for years, these sort of cultural, visual elements. And um, I just always find that so interesting. Um, And then just, I guess, the idea that, well, you know, what if I could discover a new place and actually create that culture Mm. for myself and decide what I wanted and uh, yeah I think that's yeah probably these sort of museums were the the sort of thing that triggered that idea of wanting to make my own world and culture and sort of investigate and see what comes out and Mm. why and yeah I think it's sort of like quite a a rich vein to explore.
0: So do you travel quite a lot yourself? Is it an important part of your yeah. life?
1: Yeah I think it is yeah I, I always I mean you know I guess you'll know I've been on holiday twice in, in the making of this exhibition so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do yeah I think and I like just seeing sort of You know, and I guess, guess like, the impetus of where I go travelling is just, a lot of it is to do with places that I think just have, like, interest in culture visually or, like, you know, even just, like, music or food or things Mm -hmm. like that that seem distinct. And I think all my favourite countries are places with really just distinct cultures and, like, you feel like they've developed over such a long time you can never really fully... Understand the sort of layers of it, you know, especially as an outsider, you know, like yeah, there's just so it goes so deep, and and people's personalities are, can be, you know, shaped by the culture around them, and yeah, so I think traveling is, you know, I've obviously like absorbed elements all over the place, and this is sort of like soaking up, and then this is it coming coming out on me art in the paintings and, yeah yeah
0: and where have you felt the most of a culture shock where have you traveled where you've just been like oh my god I don't know what I'm doing
1: here <laughs> <laughs> um oh, I don't know uh, I suppose like anywhere where you really feel like you're I know out- well kind of an outsider or like one of the you stand out as being different. Mm. And, uh, you know, I went, a few years ago, I went to uh, Bangladesh with one of my friends, and, you know, he's a six foot five Norwegian, and, you know, (laughs) we're, I think, the only people in the capital city who are on holiday, and, you know, just, I guess it's like the paintings, Mm. people are They were just fascinated by mainly him more than me but (laughs) the you know you just it just feels very different to being you know you know you're being sort of stared at constantly yeah which is quite um an interesting feeling I think but I guess these sort of places where you know you 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 really feel kind of like a observer to something Mm. um but yeah and you know and i mean i just well two days ago i just got back from central asia and i found that you know i think it's interesting places that um maybe highlight your own maybe ignorance of the world where you you know i think people have certain preconceptions about places and anywhere that challenges that i think is just really interesting you know mm. or even just not knowing i mean i personally didn't really know that much about central asia right and then go and discovering elements of it and you think oh wow well, well that's surprising and then you think well why is that surprising because yeah. who who said who said it was going to be one way mm. and I'm it's this other way but like you know yeah it's just uh, I really like that feeling of being surprised by somewhere or you know, just seeing something you've never seen before. I think there's not many other ways of being confronted with something that's so different to your just daily experience of life. Like I think it's the best way to just be sort of like shaken out of your daily life. Yeah. Is to, is that you don't Almost don't know anything about
0: yeah it's that thing of like stepping out of your comfort zone and we're just so comfortable you know and that, yeah. you know yeah. here and everything that you know and it's just it's very liberating kind of yeah. getting out of a, that
1: And it's a great way to get sort of inspired and get yeah. ideas is because you know you can, you can get like you said comfortable doing the same thing all the time yeah. and then to just have these sort of stimulation from outside to come in and like just change your perspective on things. It's a great way to just like get new ideas and get sort of excited about doing things again. I always come back with just like piles of ideas and notes and things I'm gonna do.
0: Amazing, I love that. Are you quite a um like organized traveler? Do you do research beforehand? <laughs> do you plan your route? No,
1: not, not, not at all. No probably the opposite which isn't always a good thing because yeah it can kind of make things very complicated but it really um you can have some interesting experiences when you're really unorganized Mm.
0: I think yeah (laughs) exactly
1: you just end up you know oh oh well you know uh, I missed the train and there's not another one for a week we're gonna have to (laughs) sometimes it can be good sometimes it can be bad but yeah. you know no you take your chances and the things you remember well the things i remember are the good things and then i just forget about all the you know 30 hour bus journeys yeah trying to get enough. god that sounds awful yeah. you get the with of smooth uh, yeah I, I don't know but yeah
0: so what Drew me to your artworks is your bright palette, rich and bold colours, which almost hum with electricity as they bounce off each other. I've noticed that you also paint your nails to match your canvases. I love that you carry that palette with you. What draws you to such vivid colours?
1: Um yeah, the nails. I mean, I yeah, I painted one of my fig- the, the characters, and then I was like, oh, I painted their nails, and I thought, oh, that's great. Quite- I like that maybe I'll do it myself maybe I'm sort of like slowly morphing into <laughs> um,
0: is that the the glass of a mock is it that canvas
1: uh that's the other way around I based that one on my
0: because I was going to say canvas. when I first met you you were wearing that shirt
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's yeah, got the yellow I've done it, I've done
1: it with the coat too as well it's like painted someone and thought oh, that's quite nice one mm. can... the get one of those somewhere yeah so it's like they're inspiring me well. <laughs> yeah. it's strange actually yeah i'm gonna paint my face blue at some point <laughs> but, uh, yeah no like i like with the sort of bright colors i kind of well weirdly i i, I always used to draw in like charcoal and pencil and like oh really? And really that's what i always did yeah i was sort of like a bit scared of I think it happens quite a lot. Like I think people get a bit scared of colour. <laughs> you <laughs> never know now. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I should maybe sort of as like a challenge. I was like, right. oh, maybe I should try, and then you know confront your fears. Mm. <laughs> and I guess I just went off the deep end yeah. and just really went headfirst into colour. And I, but I think it, I think it serves a function in the paintings of this this idea that we've sort of been talking about of like creating this separation and saying this is a different place. Mm. Because, you know, it's not, um, it's not a realist image because these colours don't exist in the same way. Or, you know, I think it, it creates that, that little bit of distance while at the same time, I think draws people in because I think a lot of people are naturally sort of drawn to, drawn to colour it draws you in and then yeah. maybe holds you back a little bit from being like this is a purely representative image of something that can happen in the real world
0: yeah
1: somewhere somewhere in that in that area between the two which i think is kind of an interesting area to work in
0: yeah definitely that um kind of brings me on to my next question quite smoothly Um, so I was going to ask about the citizens of Tara Grammar that are painted with blue and green skin so it, it really does bring this kind of surreal quality um, to your artworks and um, as you said you know it kind of shows that this is definitely not our world and I was just wondering where that came from
1: yeah I mean I, I think yeah like you said it's not our world it has this sort of Mm -hmm. otherworldly feeling to it like and then I I like the idea of the sort of the the strangely familiar so like you know you feel like you recognize something but then you have this pause where you're like oh this is this is actually different Mm -hmm. and I think something like yeah the skin tone is like it's a it creates that little bit of distance, and I and I, I really like working, I suppose, in that gap between the familiar and the alien. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think I think that more, maybe more than anything else, this this idea of the skin tone really creates that gap. And yeah, I think it's sort of an interesting area to sort of hold people a little bit, arms draw them in, and then hold them a bit at arm's length. Mm. And, yeah and I think I don't know I, I I painted a lot of people with realistic skin tones and then when yeah. I started with the other skin tones I felt like it had this different sort of energy to it and um, that I found sort of achieved the thing I was trying to achieve of having this world that's you know I want it to be different but I don't want it to be too different so I still want people to be able to recognize things and I mean people recognize Mm. themselves sometimes or their friends and they're like oh that's like that's like someone I know or is that that person is that and then but you know it's clearly different it's clearly somewhere else Mm. Um, and yeah I think that the the skin tone was maybe the thing that achieves that the most and um, it sort of automatically puts in this idea in your head that this is a different place and so I can make a painting that could you know in many other aspects just be a representational painting of something I've seen here yeah. but then that one element on its own can really sort of create this different atmosphere and this different energy in the painting mm. yeah
0: yeah, I was definitely one of those people that said, oh, that looks like my friend. But um, yeah. you said that you um, you kind of paint them off the cuff. You don't really use
1: yeah, any them, models. Them. Or, really, yeah, no, are uh, not really based yeah. on one in particular, which I kind of also find quite interesting because it's like this. Um, I, you know, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a photo fit type thing of like i just paint these random elements but they come together to make a person but a person that doesn't actually exist yeah so it's also kind of this sort of unreal element of like it could be a person maybe it looks Mm. exactly like someone i've never met
0: yeah
1: Um, and in a way these are in theory people who exist that you've never that no one's ever seen but they're very similar to us so they're going to look like us but they're not Mm. person and um, so I think that idea of, sort of just creating these they look like real people but then they're, they're not
0: yeah. yeah yeah in the painting sunset at the holy mountain bath and spa a green figure is squatting face tilted up towards a beautiful actually a very margate like sunset almost drinking it in while his feet are surrounded by root vegetables almost like an offering tell me about vegetables and their significance in this work?
1: I think this is sort of connected to this same idea of creating a culture and Mm. iconography. Um, So like, I guess, specifically with the vegetables, I guess the idea is this, that they're sort of, they have a cultural place in tarot grammar there. They're sort of revered almost. So I had this story that the, or maybe it's a, a story or myth or um whether that the the first people in tarot Grammar, you know maybe arrived in this place and they had no food and they were starving and then eventually they found these vegetables growing in the ground and then they propagated it and then that's what saved them and that's what started tarot Grammar. and it grew from there um and you know they named the place Tarot after this tarot root that they found. Um, so it, it, it has this symbolic place in the culture. So, you know, something that we treat as very normal and one of the most basic things we can think of has this other cultural position mm-hmm. in Tarot Grammar. And, I, and, you know, I think like different cultures or religions maybe revere things others have no interest in Mm. you know these these elements that exist in everyone's life but are treated very differently by different people Um, and I thought interest in something like a you know root vegetable that's so so basic Mm. but can have can be like lifted up to this status that it's you know you know almost revered Um, and I guess also just like the symbolic idea of the root that ties you to the ground you know, this is the, the sort of place that you are and you stay in, you know, you're rooted in this place. Um, so I guess it's almost like a religious thing, mm. um, but maybe closer to that sort of like ancient, the sort of pagan religion where they worship yeah. the act and the things around them. And yeah. it's the place that sort of appeared that people arrived in and built this culture off off this one element they might revere this thing as the you know instead of maybe a god it's a it's an object it's a it's something literally rooted in it.
0: yeah exactly like something that can actually sustain them it's something that actually brings nourishment that can really look after them that's why that has this kind of higher meaning it's very yeah Pagan, yeah, but... yeah. I really love that piece. Um, I came to see your studio when you'd literally just finished it. And I yeah, it earmarked worked. it for this exhibition immediately, <laughs> <laughs> I did.
1: Yeah, I think it will sit well in, in Margie, it feels like
0: oh yeah,
1: the spiritual home of that painting maybe.
0: Absolutely, I think so, yeah. With like the long grass around him, kind of yeah. beautiful colours and, you know, yeah. he's in his pants.
1: Yeah. Exactly, happens in very
0: Marget, Marget. We all walk around in our pants in Margate. Yeah,
1: that
0: <laughs> <well. laughs> um, I loved seeing the Instagram reel of your po- process painting for the artwork, Locker Key, where you start by painting a fluorescent pink across the entire canvas, which really surprised me. Um, and then you work on muting it for the final painting, which gives it this beautiful soft pink glow from where the fluoro is just peeking through do you often work in this way or is that a new approach for this piece?
1: Um, no, I I work in that way most of the time actually, okay. like most of the paintings I usually start with this bright, normally like quite a contrasting colour from what I'm um, planning to paint and um, right. but yeah for, for kind of the reasons you said like I think it creates like this really interesting yeah like a glow mm of um like an unfamiliar light that um that sort of make gives it a bit of sort of richness mm. so maybe like lifts it out of just a purely representational image of an object it's sort of like yeah creates this sort of other other worldliness i think it yeah yeah sort of like a depth i don't know and, and, and i've done it with like portrait like of people's faces as well so I'm trying to do the opposite colour in the background and I think, yeah, I don't know, it creates some kind of like depth in the image that I think if I paint directly on a like white gesso, it feels a bit flatter and I kind of enjoy that. And you kind of, you know, you cancel out the colour mostly like as you almost don't see it, but I think it does, it looks different when it's not there. You might not notice it's there. You might not realise it's there, but... When it's not there you really see the difference i think
0: yeah it's really interesting what you were saying earlier about only using kind of monochrome drawing mm-hmm. and charcoal and now you start with the most fluorescent pink color yeah, yeah. you have ever seen on a canvas yeah. <laughs> and that painting in particular you know like it's really subtle like you know, it's kind of got quite earthy colors in it and really like earthy kind of green and very white and yeah you just wouldn't expect as so I really particularly love that reel because it was just really interesting to see you working that yeah. way
1: I guess it's the things that people don't see so much when you just yeah. see it and you don't necessarily notice this sort of the, the process or the elements that go in it. Yeah. but you might you might get an idea of it like I think you can tell it's not you, it, there is this other sort of it almost looks like a light. Mm.
0: So we spoke earlier about how you are also a writer as well as an artist and you create a paragraph of text to accompany each of the paintings to give further details into tarragramma. Uh, what is why is this an important aspect of your practice? And I mean, we kind of spoke about this a bit earlier, but I was wondering if you were planning on combining it into a book one day, but you've already said that you're you were thinking mm. about that originally and you decided to go
1: down the visual yeah although I mean I guess you know originally I was sort of thinking of like and that just purely like a fiction novel Mm. but I guess you know I kind of I guess like an art book could be an interesting project you know once I feel like I've got enough work that tells a story you know Mm. not you know not like a real fiction novel but like having the images and maybe small descriptions I think could be quite an interesting project
0: yeah make. I love that yeah. idea
1: yeah and you know having yeah. small amounts of text um yeah. because I like think yeah like I think that the text adds some context to the mm. work and I think it's good for people to you know have a bit of context to know the the sort of idea behind things but like like we said earlier it's a fine line between giving people context and just explaining everything to yeah. people you know over explaining where it comes becomes a bit flat and, and you're like okay well I'm not going to do any work myself to understand this because I've just mm-hmm. had it all explained to me so I yeah. think just having these l- maybe like little passages that just give you a little hint of like what this place is like and you know some of the elements of this place but leave you to sort of understand it as well yourself and mm. um, i think that's quite interesting and could yeah it could be quite an interesting thing one day when i i guess have enough work and feel like it would, it would
0: i really be. love that idea i think you should definitely do an art book
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it's so nice and also um didn't you make like a little um penguin like little yeah little... yeah
1: yeah that wasn't yeah, it real did.
0: was it was that it just was... the cover
1: yeah it's just the cover i just bought one from the charity shop and then um, changed the cover to be a book about tarot grammar yeah
0: it
1: confused a lot of people which i quite liked which was quite <laughs> uh, i had it in an old old exhibition a few years ago right and then um, it was quite interesting seeing people getting very confused looking at it. Oh, really? The meaning of it. Yeah. Um. And I, what I really like when I have an exhibition is when people come up to me and sort of go, and they're a bit worried, <laughs> and they say, it's, is it real? Or it's not real, is it? Is it? Oh, really? Yeah. And that book seemed to trigger that in people. Oh. They thought it was a real book. Yeah. Um, which I quite enjoy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I really like that element of you bringing kind of physical stuff into our world like yeah. the the football scarves that you've made yeah. the posters kind of band yeah. posters and yeah that book it's it must yeah. confuse quite a few people like you say like
1: yeah I don't know if like that's what you're supposed to be aiming at as an artist is to confuse people but
0: you, know, you can do what you want, there's no rules.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's quite fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that uh, element yeah, of it. You know, like, so, yeah, like, yeah, but, but like, I mean, I think with this project, it's like, yeah, I think a book would be interesting, but at the same time, I think, you know, there's quite a lot of scope for just a lot of things that go beyond mm. art, paintings, exhibitions, you know, like, you know, uh, I've made some you know i made bits of animation and sound but you know like a, a film or i don't know an opera a dance like a computer gate i don't know like it feels like there's there's a lot of things maybe i'll like end up in the metaverse somewhere one day i don't know what the what way things are going but like mm-hmm. you know i think having this sort of like almost like material that can be kind of pushed into lots of different directions I, you know I don't really know where it'll end up going one day but yeah I think it's almost like you create this visual body or like this visual culture then that can sort of be used for lots of different things mm. you know and yeah I don't know I don't know where it'll go but I think it's quite exciting and to sort of see where it ends up, you know, if some idea appears one day. Someone says, "I want to make an opera out of your art." Right, then let's let's see what it's like.
0: It sounds like you're pretty keen to make an
1: opera. Yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> an opera thing, <singer>. that's the <laughs> thing. I want to make the of the show. So
0: again, another cracking idea. I love that. Um, yeah. And you've made NFTs as well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I did that. Which you know, um, I guess it's like a certain into this idea of like collecting things anthropology you know and it's but you know it's a very modern way of looking at it
0: yeah
1: um yeah and you know i don't know i don't know where that goes but i'm quite happy to just sort of try things and see what happens and keep making what you know i'll never i'll never stop painting yeah that's the bit that i
0: it's really exciting though that you've got these kind of these other areas that you're just dipping your toes in seeing what works you know you've got this kind of constant which is your painting but then you've been experimenting with clothing and then let me say your animation was amazing it's so beautiful I have no idea how you did it I mean (laughs) it looked like it took you months
1: (laughs) yeah I mean yeah (laughs) I think I would like to do it again but I think Mm. I need find out how i'm supposed to do it next time because it took a long time and i don't and i think it was um yeah a bit too complicated just sort of doing on you know winging it right i think i did it the most long-winded the complicated way possible (laughs) like (laughs) 20 seconds of animation i think (laughs) but yeah i think it's quite interesting because then you have these characters that are supposed to be real or moving yeah, and I think that's, you know, like the animation I did, I retained a lot of like the the paintingness of it. It's not, you know, it looks like an animation. It looks like it's been painted. Yeah.
0: Um, but How did you, did you make it?
1: Did you make it by painted. painting? And yeah, yeah. Photographing. Pain, yeah, I painted each frame and then painted over it. So wow. the problem being that if I made a mistake, I can't fix it because I've painted over the last. All
0: right. Yeah.
1: Frame, um, yeah, which made it quite complicated. But I, I like the way it looked in the end where you could almost see like the trails of the things that had been painted out. I, I didn't want to make it mm. perfect. I think I like mm. the idea that sort of, it still looks like painting. Yeah. You can see how it. you can pretty much see how it's been made. Mm. Um, so it's still, you know, it still fits in. Yeah. With the world. But yeah, I think if I was going to do that again, I would plan it a little bit better than I did last time
0: maybe some youtube tutorial videos yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) she has to do it speedy
1: yeah
0: (laughs) takes the fun out of it though surely
1: yeah it's fun up to a point Mm. okay (laughs) (laughs) i was quite happy when it was finished yeah you know i'd like to try it again but yeah at some point we'll see
0: maybe after your opera
1: yeah, yeah, maybe after that comes out and I, you know, I've done that part. I mean, it's funny because actually, when I was setting up a previous exhibition, I was, you know, up a ladder hanging things, and then um, a guy outside walked past in the, this like huge, big, like robe, like really flamboyant robe with his face painted blue. What? And he walked past. And I don't know where he was going or who he was. And maybe i imagined it, to be honest, now that I'm saying it loud. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: but I'm sure it definitely happened. And I think it was maybe a photo shoot for something. Or, but I saw this guy and I thought, oh, theatre? Maybe? Oh, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I was like, it's a sign, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't know who that guy was. I probably should have, like, chased him down.
0: Yeah, I feel like you should have like, done... Like, hey, Maybe he was your spirit
1: guide. Yeah. I should have followed him.
0: <laughs> Definitely should have followed him. Uh, or maybe you're just delirious. How long were you hanging for?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a long time. I, yeah. I was up that ladder a while. Blood <laughs> out my were
0: you really close to the lights? You know? Yeah. Those yeah, kind of hot, fluorescent hot, hot
1: lights. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, your ideas have got to come from somewhere, right? They
0: have, yeah. Yeah. The things artists do for their inspiration. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> So tell me, what, what is the, the thing that you enjoy the most about your practice?
1: I think, I think like we've talked about it, this idea that it sort of feels like there's so many possibilities and I, you know, I love painting and the, the you know, practically doing it mm. and I, you know, I, I really enjoy that and making things and I think that's always going to be the, the core of what I do, but I think the idea that this project, this tarot I it, I've created um, like a frame, but it's a big frame and it's sort of, this seems like really like infinite sort of possibilities of what I can do. And I've already, you know, tried like a lot of different things, like we said, like mm. obviously painting and sculpture and then animation, and then I've done sound and I've made clothes and jewelry and accessory and like so I think I still have plenty of ideas of like new things I can do and it kind of feels like at the moment at least that I'm not going to run out anytime soon and I still find it quite like exciting to get a new idea to be like oh I could I could try that out or I could try that out and it and I think that's what I really enjoy the most is just the, the possibilities of it I suppose you know yeah it's a nice, it's a good feeling to have though when I'm working on something, knowing that, you know, there's a hundred things I can do next and they'll all be fun. They might not all turn out how I want them to turn out, but I enjoy doing them, mm. you know. And I, I have a lot of like things I want to try. And I, I think that's that's, I think the best part of it
0: yeah absolutely yeah there's there's nothing worse than an artist block I mean to have yeah. a never-ending inspiration is the most incredible thing that you yeah. can ask for as an artist you know
1: yeah. I don't want to jinx it now though No, <laughs>
0: know I oh, shouldn't have said it should be we? sorry <laughs> well we'll move on really quickly Um so what do you find the most frustrating about your practice If there is
1: anything. I think probably the frustrating thing would be just time. I mean, having all these things I want to try and do, I mean, it takes time and there's just one of me. Yeah. You know, I guess it's quite frustrating working on something and also, you know, enjoying working on something, but in the back of my mind thinking, always, I'm kind of always sort of thinking about the next thing as well. Yeah. that sort of next thing I think will just always be there and you know I'll never do all the things I want to do because I, it's just not possible I don't have enough time you know mm-hmm. um, it gets a little bit frustrating because I'm just like oh, I need to I want to do that 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 and that and, oh, but I only have time to do that so I guess I can't do you know um, maybe yeah I need like a, a massive warehouse full of assistants or something
0: it's not much to ask for.
1: Yeah, you know, I need the sort of Damien Hirst type setup.
0: Yeah.
1: I just need some, <laughs> just a warehouse full of people to make it for me.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, that's it. One day after this exhibition, I'm moving in a warehouse full of assistants and churning things out.
0: I mean, it sounds like the perfect plan.
1: <laughs> Although I think I don't think that would work either. To be honest, I think that would annoy me as well. I want to do it myself.
0: Yeah, that's it. Because then you've got to like hand over the keys. Yeah. Programmer, you know, yeah. make everyone a, a a resident, a free free person,
1: honorary citizen.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But you know, yeah. I think there's 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 worse worst problems to have I mean you know I'm not the only person who I guess has that frustration of not having enough time to get things done but yeah you know
0: yeah it's really interesting because I'd never really considered it before and I uh, was talking to another artist friend who mentioned it and then someone else mentioned it and now you're like the third person to Mm -hmm. have mentioned it that I think it's something that's always just there in the back of people's minds is that I've got a certain amount of time that I can make my artwork and how am I gonna it's, it's so interesting to know that that is something that affects a lot of artists that a lot of artists mm-hmm. are uh, thinking about and considering and so it really makes an impact when they think about what uh what projects they're going to take on you know what um like how it's going to impact what they want to do in the long term mm-hmm.
1: yeah uh, yeah and also just like the quality of your work it's like yeah depending on I guess your style or what you do you can do things that can take a long time and when it when you know if you're working on one piece of work that's taking a long time it can be a bit like oh I'm working on this too long and I've got all these other things I want to do yeah you know? and, but yeah, at the same time you don't want to like rush through something and make something that's not that you don't like or that, that isn't very good just so you can move on to something else yeah so you've got to play that balancing. Yeah,
0: it's a bit for catch-22, isn't it? Yeah. But. So, my very last question is, um, tell me more about your current exhibition at Liminal Gallery.
1: Yeah, so this exhibition is like, it's all new work um, that I've made pretty recently. Um, and I think, compared to other exhibitions I've had, I would say this is more of a... Um, a close-up of tarot grammar. I think other exhibitions have maybe been like here's tarot grammar as a whole, a sort of outside step back look at tarot grammar, but this I think sort of zooms in to the more the details and the um, just a deeper look at sort of more, maybe more specific elements of tarot grammar um, and just seeing uh, Maybe like, I guess, like, yeah, like a, maybe a slightly sort of richer experience of the work of like, maybe a bit more immersive of like understanding the, the small elements that go into the, the bigger project. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit different, I think, to some of the things I've done before, but I think, I think it's a, yeah, really interesting experience and it and it's different. Um different sizes and that I've used than I've used before. I've sort of um, zoomed in a bit for this Mm -hmm. exhibition and done um, maybe smaller, more detailed paintings than I've done in the past. Um, Yeah, I think it's...
0: It's definitely more site-specific. The gallery is small. So that means you've had to work on a smaller scale, which I know you wanted to do anyway, but... um, yeah yeah it's
1: okay yeah, it uh, it, it actually like the sound yeah <laughs> I think the side of the gallery, yeah it was like it was a good opportunity to actually try this because i i sort yeah. of went through a run of doing these very big paintings and actually i think it's really good to have of this variation of scale in the yeah. painting and yeah track coming at things from slightly different angles because what you paint on a smaller canvas is very different than what you choose to paint on a big canvas and even the process is quite different so I think it's actually been really nice experience to try that and I think the the exhibition was like the sort of the thing that sort of allowed me to focus on smaller artworks which I think I'm definitely going to do a lot more of as well I like I like having this variation I think
0: Yeah. yeah I also really respect an artist that can work on a massive scale. I mean, you know, some of your paintings are ginormous, kind of, you know, tiled <laughs> sections. And um, But, yeah, I really respect an artist that can work on a really big scale and then work on a small scale. A lot of artists can't do it. So I'm very glad that you rose to the challenge and made some beautiful artworks.
1: Yeah. And Yeah, no, it's good to, like, have an excuse, really, because... Mm. I just kept doing big ones, and actually, in a lot of ways, it's more enjoyable, the smaller ones. I guess, almost in this way we were talking about before, of, like, you can spend such a long time on a big painting that you kind of, it becomes a bit difficult. You kind of lose, you you know, you can step back and sort of be like, is this good? I don't know. I've been looking at it for so long, I've lost I've kind of forgotten what I'm actually even doing. <laughs> <laughs> the, sort of the smaller paintings are more immediate, and I think yeah, it take, it takes shape so much faster mm. that you have a like a, that sort of excitement that you have or like the interest you have at the beginning of the painting is still there at the end of the painting. Mm. Um, so it's been quite an interesting experience to have of painting at different scales. And um, yeah, and I think I'll keep keep doing it so yeah it's been good
0: excellent glad to hear it well Damien Ciafelli thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast it's been such a pleasure talking to you
1: yeah you do thanks very much
0: Damien Ciafelli's solo exhibition Tarot is a new debut show in Liminal Gallery's new home at 34 Fort Hill in Margate The exhibition is open Thursdays 11 till 4pm, Saturdays 11 till 3 and outside of those times by appointment until the 30th of October 2022. So if you would like to visit us please let me know on info at liminal-gallery.com. More information can also be found on our website www.liminal-gallery.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Liminal Gallery podcast with me, Louise Fitzjohn. And I hope you'll join me for the next episode celebrating the opening of our next exhibition, which is titled Matricense. Bye
1: for now.